hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. You're so faithful, Lord. We praise your holy name. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Well, I'm going to talk to you today, try to help you, help all of us. I'm going to talk to you about how to face fear, how to deal with fear. Has anyone in here ever been afraid of anything besides me? You know, there's all kinds of fears. There's fear of heights. The main thing I fear about heights is falling. Claustrophobia. Closed in places, that one really doesn't bother me. Fear of crowds. When people don't like to be in, in big crowds. I went to a Rams game many years ago and <laughs> I thought I was going to get crushed. I just glad to get out of there alive, you know, down at the stadium. But I'm not afraid of crowds. Some people are afraid of public speaking. Now, that's never bothered me. Some people are afraid of getting shot. Uh, I don't mean getting shot. I mean getting a shot. I had my... I, Of course, I'm, I'm afraid of getting shot. I don't want to get shot, but I went to get my, I had to, they had to do some, draw some blood for me this last week for something, not, nothing serious. But uh, the lady there taking the blood, she said, grown men a lot of times are just passed out, stone cold, passed out on the floor when I, when I stick the needle in them, you know. Now, that's never bothered me. Now, dentist, does anybody have trouble going to the dentist? I I have no trouble with the dentist. Some, now, they, some people are so afraid of the dentist, they have to give them some psychedelic drugs to kind of, you know, to put them out where they don't remember anything. Now, that's never bothered me. Uh, I do like them to put Novocaine in before they drill. Uh, now, my mother, my mother wasn't going to let anybody give her a shot years, years, years ago. She'd go to the dentist, and he'd want to give her Novocaine, and she said, nope, you're not giving me a shot, just drill. And she drilled her teeth without, can you imagine that? I don't know how she, I don't know how she took that, but she, she is tough, my mother. Uh, some people have a fear of flying, you know, and the way I deal with that one, I just don't get on the plane. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> there's a fear. Of, you know, some people have a fear of losing, losing at a sporting event. You know, they don't they don't enter the sporting event. They're afraid of losing. You know, strange as this may seem, one reason that people don't win at sports is they're afraid of winning. Afraid of winning. Absolutely. In fact, the great golfer Jack Nicklaus says that, that before you can really become a winner, you have to learn how to win and you have to not be afraid of it. A lot of people are afraid of winning. And then there's a fear of leaving your home. I guess y'all don't have that fear because you're here today. But some people won't leave their house. And, of course, there's a fear of spiders and snakes. And I remember... Anybody, and I don't have a problem with spiders, but now I don't like a snake. And we are not, not now, now, now we're, we're, we're not a snake handling church, I assure you that. If you, bring, if you bring a snake in here, I've told you many times I'm going to get a garden hoe and have my wife kill it. Uh, we, uh, 
years ago, years ago, when I was a sophomore in high school, during that summer between 10th and 11th grade, I went downstairs. My mother and I, we lived in an old farmhouse, you know. And so uh, I went, it was, thank God for the, thank God for it. It kept us warm in the uh, wintertime, but it didn't keep us cool in the summer because we didn't have air conditioning. And so I'd have just a box fan at night, so I'd lay on one side for a while, and then I'd turn over, you know, when the summertime was so hot, you know, just wake up just drenched. It was, But anyway, so I went down to take a shower, because our shower was down in the basement, so I went down to the basement to take a shower, and I remember, I remember I made this turn and I stopped. And I looked up, there was an electrical wire, you know, that was hanging down. It was, you know, not electrical wire, covered electrical wire. A big silver, you know, that covers electrical wire. It had been there for years and I, have you ever just, you thought you saw something? And I looked up there, there was about a seven foot black snake wrapped around that thing. And I just came right by it, didn't see it. And then, then you know, uh, so I, I got by it, you know, I, got, I ran upstairs I said, Mama, Mama, I said, go down and kill that snake. She said, oh, she, she hated snakes worse than me. And so normally the neighbor would be home. I'd go get him. He'd have come and dealt with it. But he was out of town, so I ran down into the subdivision, and I get the guy down there who I, I knew him just a little bit. And I said, come quick, come quick. We got a snake, a black snake in the basement. You got it. I know black snakes won't hurt you, and you shouldn't kill them. But to me, the only good snake's a dead snake, so we're going to kill them all. And <laughs> kill them all. And so... So I get him and I say, come, you got to help us. Now, I'm, you know, I'm just a kid. And I said, come, you got to help us. So I remember he went in his garage and he put his hip boots on, you know, that, you've, that you fish in. Put the hip boots on. He got his flashlight and his garden hoe. And we went up to the house, you know, and uh, went back up to the house. And by the time I got there, my mom was down. She was looking down the stairs and, <laughs> and, she, and she said, uh, it's gone. I don't know where it went. And, you know, talking about fear of leaving your house. Well, I didn't have a fear of leaving the house. I had a fear of going back in the house. And so, so I said to the guy, I said, well, you got to go down and find it. So we went down there, and it, we, he was like Elmer Fudd going down there, you know, in the basement. And uh, we never did find that snake. It was all those years ago. But for weeks and weeks and weeks, would you feel good about going back to your house if you knew there was any kind of snake in there? Now, I know some people have little snakes for pets, but not in my house. No snakes. Can anybody say amen? Amen. But uh, now a spider, I'll kill a spider. Don't have, a, don't have trouble with a spider. If I knew there was a spider in my house, I'm not going to bother me. And a mouse. Now, anybody have trouble with the mice in the house? Now, some people, you get a mouse in the house, they'll stand up like this and pull their, see, like that. But mice don't, mice, mice don't bother me. But now, if there's a snake in the car, now I'm not going in that car. I, there was a lady along the side of the road one day over here in the subdivision. I was coming home, and she was sitting side of the road, and her car was, and she was, she was standing out in, outside of the car, and she was just frantic, you know, and she, she did have her pants pulled up like that. And so I stopped. I said, ma'am, can I help you? She said, she said, I was driving and something ran across and I looked and it was a mouse. And she said, she said, I'm not going back in that car. So you see, she was afraid of mice. Now, I'm not afraid of uh, mice but, or spiders, but I don't like snakes. Now, does anybody know what Indiana Jones was afraid of? Snakes. He didn't like snakes. So, and then sickness and disease, people are afraid of that. 
cancer. A lot of times people are afraid of being diagnosed with cancer. And what's this big thing going around now? It's the coronavirus. So many things to be afraid of. You know, in the Bible, many people feared various things. But, you know, sometimes God or an angel would show up. And you know when God would show up or an angel would show up and somebody was afraid? You know what God or the angel would say? They would say, fear not. God does not want any of us to be afraid of anything. You know, the Apostle Paul had to deal with fear on many occasions. And when he was being taken to Rome, he was facing that shipwreck. Remember, he was facing shipwreck. And in Acts 27, verse 23, the Bible says, and Paul declares this, he said, There stood by me this night an angel of God to whom I belong and whom I serve, saying, Do not be afraid, Paul. Now, you know, if the Apostle Paul, a man that God used to write about half the New Testament, give or take, if he struggled with fear, you know, he, he, at times he did struggle with fear. Because you could read not just, just, not just this one incident, incident here, but on several occasions he would, he would talk about different things that, you know, fear that he, he dealt with. But isn't it good to know that when the angel of God showed up here, he said to Paul, he said, do not what? Do not be afraid. God doesn't want Paul to be afraid. He doesn't want me to be afraid. He doesn't want you to be afraid. He doesn't want any of us to be afraid of anything. And, and again, it's comforting to me if, if a man like Paul dealt, had to deal with fear, you know, then I don't feel so bad that, you know, I have to deal with it. Do you ever have to deal with it? I mean... We all do, I think. But God's message to us when we're fearful is do not be afraid. Now, you know, if you go to Matthew 24, I'm going to read a few verses here. I believe we're living in the last days. How many of you believe that besides me? I believe we're in that season. And no one knows the day or the hour when the Lord's going to come. But I believe we're in, in that time when He could come at any moment and, and usher in the... the you know, then the tribulation period and all of that. But look at this here, Matthew 24, verse 1. Jesus went out and departed from the temple. His disciples came up to show him the buildings of the temple. Jesus said to them, Do you not see all these things? As surely I say to you, not one stone will be left upon another that shall not be thrown down. Now, as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us, when will these things be and what will be the sign of your coming in the end of the age? Jesus answered and said, Take heed that no one deceives you. Many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, will deceive many. You'll hear of wars, rumors of wars. See that you're not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines. And then what's that next word? Pestilences. And what's the big news right now? There's a pestilence, a coronavirus pestilence that's sweeping around the world. Earthquakes in various places. And we've seen all these things. And... And, and you've seen all these things over the many years as you look at history. And, but the interesting thing, we've got all these things going on now at the same time. And that's what Jesus was talking about when you have all these things going on at the same time. Is when we're entering the time of the end. And we see pestilences now. And this coronavirus. He says in verse 8, all these things are the beginnings of sorrows. And then... If you pick up in Luke 21, verse 25, this is Luke's account of what Jesus was giving here. 
He says, And there'll be signs in the sun, the moon, the stars, and on the earth, distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and waves roaring, men's hearts failing them from fear. Do you know that people can become, and this is this proven fact, people have become so fearful over something that it's given them a heart attack. And they've died. Absolutely. Absolutely the truth. Men's hearts failing them from fear and the expectation of things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken. So fear is something that we need to, uh, to, to think about. And we need to be able to deal with it. And that's what this message is all about. You know, many fearful situations are before us. Now, I believe there's going to be a rapture of the church. Does anybody believe that besides me? I believe that. That's where the Lord comes back and, and catches the church out and takes us up to heaven. That's what the Bible says. It's very clear. And, and I believe that God is going to take the Christians out of this earth and catch us up to heaven. That's what the Bible says. Now, I believe he's going to do that before the worst of that tribulation, before, before the worst of it comes. I believe God's going to get us out of here before the tribulation uh, uh, starts. But I do believe that before that happens, we are still going to face some fearful situations. Do you understand? Now, I thoroughly believe that the church is going to be raptured before the tribulation starts. I believe that. But even before that, I believe that we are going to have to face some fearful things. And you see them all around us. And, uh, you know, in the day we live, we mentioned the coronavirus, fears of terrorist attacks, shootings, financial fears. You see the stock market going up one day and down the next and all of that. You know, in my study of the Great Depression of the 1930s, did anybody ever hear of the Great Depression of the 1930s? And it began with a stock market crash in 1929. And, uh, and there were many and various economic missteps. But listen to this. Fear and panic, fear and panic was one of the main factors that contributed to the problems of that time. Actually, fear and panic drove the run on the banks, which caused all sorts of financial issues. Fear and panic. We have to realize that we are going to face some fearful things. And we're going to have to be able to handle the fear. You know, fear can paralyze you and cause you... You know, fear can paralyze you. Has anybody ever been so fearful that you couldn't hardly even move? Absolutely the truth. And it can paralyze you and cause you... Actually, it can cause you to not even fulfill your potential in life. Remember Jesus... When he gave that parable of the talents, you know, and he gave ten talents to one, I believe it was, and five to another one, and then one guy got one talent, and the guy that got one talent, he went out and he buried it, you know. The other, the other two, they, they traded and did things with their, with their talents, you know. Money is what talents are. And they, they, but the one guy, he, he, he didn't do anything with it, and the Lord rebuked him over it. And in Matthew 25, verse 25, he, te- he says, why? He says, I was afraid. I was afraid. The guy that got the one talent, he said, I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. See, fear can paralyze us so that we don't use our talents uh, for the Lord. I- I- I've dealt with many people over the years that God had given them great talent, in, like in the music 
in, 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 in worship, but they don't, you know, volunteer to, to ever be on the worship team. And I've talked to various ones over the, over the many years, and it, you know, say, well, why, why didn't you volunteer for the worship team? And they said, well, I, I was afraid I wouldn't be good enough. Has anybody ever been afraid that they're not good enough besides me, you know? And, and, that, and that'll paralyze you. Fear can absolutely paralyze you and keep you from filling, fulfilling your potential in life. Absolutely the truth. And uh, actually, fear, I believe fear can activate bad things in our lives. Uh, if you study the Bible, you'll see that faith, God responds to faith. The devil will respond to fear. That's why the devil wants to get us into fear. Because you, you can't be in faith and in fear at the same time. You're either in one or the other. And if you're not in faith, you're going to be over here in fear, you see. And remember in Job 3, verse 25. Job 3, anybody remember Job in the Old Testament? That man in the Old Testament? He, uh, he said this. He said, for the thing I greatly feared has come upon me. And what I dreaded has happened to me. Now, I want to say this. You can't really, because of this one verse, you can't really make a doctrine out of that. Because, you know, there's been many things I've been afraid of in my life that's never happened. How about you? True or not? Many things I've worried about, many things I've been fearful of that they've never happened. But I believe there is a principle here that if we continue to dread and fear something over, a, over time, and you see Job did this over time, if you continue to fear something and dread something, I do believe that there is a truth here that you can open yourself up to having that thing happen to you. And he said, the thing I greatly feared has come upon me. The thing which I dreaded has happened to me. And you know... What happened to him? He evidently he, evidently he feared that uh, his children would go astray, and that he would lose them. Of course, he lost his children. He lost his property, his wealth, and his health. Apparently, he feared in those areas, and it cost him. So we need to be watchful of fear, because I do believe fear can open the door to the devil. You see. Because fear does activate the devil just like faith will cause God to move. Now, we are not exempted from fearful situations as we live our life. Therefore, we must face them. So I want to give you six things real quickly that you can do to face fear. Number one, first thing is found in 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 7. God has not given us a what? spirit of fear but of power and love and of a sound mind the first thing you need to realize is it's not the will of God for you to be afraid and you know I want to say this I stood up here at the beginning of the message and I kind of joked around with you know we're afraid of this afraid of that afraid of flying afraid of snakes this and that and the other but let's be very serious about this you know I was joking a while ago and, and, and we can joke and have fun but Seriously, God does not want us to be afraid of anything. And really, fear is no joking matter. 
He's not given us a spirit of fear. You need to realize this. There is a spirit of fear. And the devil's behind it. Did you hear me? I said the devil is behind the spirit of fear. There is a spirit of fear. And, and, and have you ever had bad news come your way? And the bad news is bad enough, but it seems like something supernatural just comes on you. And you just, that dread and that just panic and fear. That's, that is a spirit, dear friends. And it's from the devil. And we need to realize that it's not from God and we need to resist the spirit of fear. Can you say amen to that? So the first thing we must know that God does not want any of us to be afraid of anything. God does not want us to fear man nor beast. You need to realize that. The Bible approximately, now I've never counted them up, but I've heard good men and women of God say this, so I'll take their word for it. They have said that there's approximately 365 times in the Bible that we are told not to fear. So that's one for every day. That's good, isn't it? God does not want us to be afraid. So the first thing you must know, that it's not the will of God for us to be afraid. The second thing is, is that, and a lot of folks don't know this, but when you receive Jesus as your Savior, you have been set free from the bondage of fear. Now look at this. This is really good what I'm going to tell you here now. Hebrews 2 verse 14 Hebrews 2 verse 14 says, Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself, Jesus, likewise shared in the same. That means he became a man. And through death, Jesus destroyed him who had the power of death, that is the devil. Now that's good to know, isn't it? And release those, now watch this, and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Now, what I'm trying to tell you here is that God has set us free and released us from the fear of death. You see, the Bible says that Jesus tasted death for all of us. Okay? And, 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 and He's released us from the power of of the fear of death. He took the sting out of it. Now, listen to this. You look at any fear that there is, any fear that there is, what is the root of that fear? It's the fear of death. Flying. See, when somebody says, and I joke about this, and, and it's jokeable, but, but let's be serious. See, I don't really have a fear of flying. I have a fear of dying. People that fear flying, really, it, when people are afraid of heights. What, I mean, what am I saying? The fear of death is at the root of all fears. Why do people have a fear of heights? Because they're afraid they're going to what? Fall and die. A snake. What, what we don't want to touch a snake because it could bite us and die. I mean, do you see that any fear, any fear that there is, all of the fears can be traced, traced to the... The, the, the root fear, which is the fear of death. That fear of death is the root of all other fears. So if you can deal with that root of, uh, 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 that root, the root of a situation, then, you got free, you, then you're free from it completely. The fear of death is the root of all fears. So if you can deal with that, 
then you're free of all the others. Well, Jesus came and he tasted death for all of us. He dealt with the root problem of fear. He set us free from the fear of death. So not only do we not need to be afraid of dying, we don't need to be afraid of anything else. Can you say amen? Amen. And let me tell you this. Because most people are afraid of dying, even Christians. Now, if you're not saved, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you ought to be scared, silly, and spitless of dying because when you die, you're going to go to hell. And that's a place of fire and torment. Absolutely the truth. But if you know Jesus as your Savior, when you die, the simple, what's going to happen is you're going to step out of your body and the next thing you know, you're going to be in a place that's unspeakably beautiful and full of glory. You're going to be in heaven with the Lord. And once you get a half a second of a taste of that, take my word for it, you won't want to come back here no more. Absolutely the truth. So for a Christian, there's no reason to be afraid of dying because when you die, you're going to be in heaven and it's going to be far better and far greater than here. Now, if you don't know Jesus, you ought to be afraid of death. Absolutely scared every second of your life if you don't know Jesus. But if you know him, he's taken the sting out of death. He tasted it for us so that when we die, all we do is move. We just leave our bodies and we move to heaven. And I tell you what, you you slip out of your body just like your spirit will slip out of your body, just like you'd slip your your, uh, foot out of a shoe or your hand out of a glove. And up you go. You'll be in heaven in moments of time. And it's full of glory. Praise God. Far better than what's here. Amen. So you see, since uh, Jesus has dealt with this, uh, this fear of death for us, the root fear, we don't have to be afraid of anything else. So the first thing, it's not God's will for us to be afraid. The second thing is, is he's dealt with the root fear for us, that, 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 that fear of death. The third thing is found in 1 John 4.18. There's six of these things. 1 John 4.18, develop yourself in the love of God. Look at this. 1 John 4.18, there is no fear in love. Now, the Bible says God is love. So there is no fear in love. There's no fear in God. Perfect love casts out fear. Because fear involves torment. Is that true? Does fear not involve torment? It does, doesn't it? But But he who fears, see, now watch this. He who fears has not been made perfect in love. So if we are dealing with fear in our life, and we're fearful of this, fearful of that, fearful of the other thing, whatever it is. What are we really saying? We have not developed ourselves in what? In the love of God. Because anybody who has developed themselves, and, and this goes for me as well as you. I've failed in this, but I'm working on it. How about you? A- anybody that's, that's fearful, see, they've not developed themselves as they should in the love of God. So if you're dealing with fear in your life, and you're fearful of this, fearful of that, fearful of the other... Develop yourself in the love of God. Walk in love. And and if you'll do that, then the Bible says there's no fear in love. We just read it. Perfect love casts out fear and it'll get rid of that torment. I hate the torment of fear, don't you? I, I hate that. I hate that. You know, one thing I've dealt with, do you ever have a fear of bad news coming? Getting a bad report? A lot of people fear that. But see, if we'll develop ourselves in the love of God, we don't have to be afraid of anything, man or beast. Somebody say amen. Amen. And then the fourth thing is, 
The perception of a fearful thing. This is a big one right here. The perception of a fearful thing. The way it's perceived. The way it's perceived. If you've watched any of the news stations on this coronavirus, if you've watched any of the news at all, most of the stations... Now, now, let me say this. Some of the stations, some of them I've watched, are, are downplaying it. I think it's a mistake to downplay it. However, most of the stations have stirred this coronavirus up to the point that every, they got everybody shaking in their boots. And I don't think that's very wise at all. And, and what's happened here is we, we you know, this thing... It's, it's a serious thing. It needs to be dealt with and all of that. Well, Jesus dealt with it 2,000 years ago when he died on the cross, by the way. But the thing of it is, he bore our sickness and carried our disease and with his stripes were healed. Amen? Amen? But you see what the news has done? They've stirred the pot on this and they got every, they've got a lot of people, not everybody, but a lot of people shaking in their boots. Yes or no? Because it's the perception of it. The perception of it. And you know as well as I do, the regular flu, the annual flu, kill, has killed thousands already this year in the United States and almost nothing said about that. But you know, I'm not downplaying this coronavirus, but what I am saying is we don't need to be afraid of it and we don't need to let the news media stir us up and hype us up that we're so afraid that we don't even leave our house. Are you okay with that? You know, the Israelites, remember the Israelites... They saw themselves as grasshoppers. Remember when they went in to spy out the land? They saw themselves as grasshoppers. Is that right? How many remembers that? When they went to spy out the promised land, they came back. They saw themselves as grasshoppers. But later on, when, when the two spies went in and talked to Rahab, I remember her, she said this. She said, We're, we've been scared of you all. See, the Israelites thought that uh, they were afraid they were afraid of the people in the promised land but come to find out the people in the promised land was more afraid of them do you get what i'm saying let me say it another way most people are afraid of the devil is that right but what you need to realize if you're a christian the devil is more afraid of you than you ever need to be afraid of him let's talk about snakes for a minute since we talked about the devil let's talk about snakes cuz you can't separate the two the devil's a snake is that right and uh, people that study, now, now don't rebuke me on this, it's the truth. People that study snakes will tell you that snakes are far more afraid of us than we are of them. But that's not the perception that most people have. Now every time I've seen a snake in the yard, like a black snake, you know, and, oh, but you know what, when I go after the thing, get, you know, when I take a hoe at it or just walk up, guess what the snake does? It runs off. Yes or no? I said, have you ever had a black snake that has attacked you? I said, have you ever had a black snake that's attacked you? No, you walk up, the snake takes off, is that right? So you see, snakes are far more afraid of us than we ever need to be of them. And the devil's far more afraid of us than we ever need to be of him. Yes or no? But most people, you see, Hollywood has painted the devil as this mean with the pitchfork and his horns and all of that. 
Did you know the Bible says that when we actually get to look at the devil, when we actually get to see him, we're going to say, is this the worm? Is this the man that has caused all the trouble? I'll say that again. See, most people, when I say the devil, they'll say, oh, oh. Uh, How many's watched The Wizard of Oz? Remember I talked about the broomstick of the Wicked Witch of the East earlier? Well, on The Wizard of Oz, remember they had that, that big flame of fire in that face? Remember that? But that really, that was all fake, wasn't it? Who was the wizard? He was that little milly mouth man behind the curtain. Is that right? And remember when, when, when Dorothy and the Tin Man, Scarecrow, and the Lion was looking at that? And then Toto went over there and pulled back the curtain. And what did, what did, what did the... Don't pay any attention to the man behind the curtain. See, see, that's what the devil wants. He doesn't want us to realize that he is a defeated foe. He is a wimp. He's a coward. And Jesus defeated him, and he's under our feet. Can you say amen to that? Amen. But see, most people don't have the perception of that. They have the perception of this devil. Ooh, the devil's going around. No, no, no. The devil is far more afraid of you than you ever need to be of him. He's scared spitless of you and me if we know who we are in Christ. Now, if you don't know who you are in Christ, the Bible says the devil goes about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. So he's out there and he'll try to kill you, all right. But if you know who you are in Christ, you can stand up in the authority in the name of Jesus. And the Bible says, submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil. And the Bible says he'll flee from you as in one in stark raving terror. See, we need to turn the tables on the devil. Can you say amen to that? And know who we are in Christ. We don't need to be afraid of him. We don't need to be afraid of demons. We don't need to be afraid of anything. We don't need to be afraid of sickness. We don't need to be afraid of disease. Now, certainly, I use my hand wipes. I use my... my how many of you, you, you use your, 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 your hand? We ought to use that. We ought to use good sense. But we don't need to shut our lives down and run and hide in the corner because of a piddly coronavirus. No, say, rebuke it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Stand up against it. Absolutely the truth. Remember David and Goliath. How many remembers David and Goliath? Remember there's that big giant out there? And I'm talking about the perception of a thing. And David shows up and that big Goliath is out there and he's defying the armies of the living God. Remember that? And David shows up, and do you know what, the, what his brothers who were part of that army, you know what they said to him? They said, have you seen this giant who's come up against us? See, what were they doing? They were magnifying the giant. And because they were magnifying the giant, they were fearful of him. But when David showed up, and he heard that, notice what David said when he saw Goliath. He said, Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that would defy the armies of the living God? See, David's brothers were magnifying the giant. David was magnifying God. And I'll tell you right now, if you look at anything from the standpoint of God, God is bigger than anything that you face. So what you need to do when you come up on a fearful situation is don't maximize it, minimize it. Cancer, oh, cancer, oh. Now, cancer is a terrible thing. It kills people. It eats people's bodies up, and it kills people. 
But when you hear that word, some people are so afraid of cancer, they won't even say the word. But how many of you know the Bible says that the name of Jesus is above every name? And that at the name of Jesus, every knee must bow. So cancer, compared to God, is nothing. It really is nothing. And I tell you what, uh, 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 cancer has to bow its knee to the name of Jesus Christ. You need to realize that. And when you start looking at things that way, you become less and less afraid of cancer, less and less afraid of this, that, and the other sickness and disease, less and less afraid of the devil, less and less afraid of anything. When you realize God is bigger than anyone or anything else and we serve Him, we're His children through faith in Jesus Christ, bless God forevermore. And He's not given us a spirit of fear but a power and love and of sound mind and He wants us to stand in His authority and we don't need to be afraid of man or beast. Can you say amen? So don't maximize something, minimize it. Something that's fearful. You remember when that giant, that giant was talking to David, he said, I'm going to feed your flesh to the fowls of the air. How many remembers that? Did you know know the devil will talk to you right here in your thought life? Did you know cancer will talk to you right here in your thought life? I'm going to chew your body up, I'm going to eat your body up. Huh? Well, why don't you start talking back to it in the name of Jesus? Like David, you know, the, the, Goliath, the Goliath, the giant said, I, I'm going to feed your flesh to the fowls of the air. And David said, you come at me with a sword and a spirit. I come to you in the name of, in the, name of the Lord. Is that right? Yeah. So start talking to those things that, that you're afraid of. Start talking to them. Start rebuking them in the name of the Lord Jesus. Minimize. Say, say minimize. Minimize. Yeah, minimize the thing. Now, don't misunderstand me. I believe in good hospitals. I believe in good doctors. I believe in good medicines. We ought to take advantage of those things. I'm not saying that we shouldn't take advantage of good hospitals, doctors, medicine. I'm not saying we ought to do stupid things. We need to, we need to watch our bodies and, and take care of our bodies and use doctors and things as needed. Yes, yes, yes. But what I'm saying is we don't need to be afraid, scared spitless of sickness and disease. That's what I'm saying. All right, number five. I'm almost done. God will be with us in the midst of fearful situations. Now, God does not exempt us from fearful situations, but He'll be with us in the midst of them. You need to realize this. Psalm 23, verse 4. Psalm 23, verse 4. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will what? Fear no evil. Why? Because God is what? With me. So don't ever forget that God's with you. When you're in the midst of a fearful situation, don't ever forget this. God is with you. Now, most of us are familiar with Psalm 23, 4. It's part of the 23rd Psalm. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, thou art with me. But I like Psalm 43, verses 1 through 3. Psalm 43, let's look up here at the, uh, at, 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 at the screen up here. I want us to read this one together. This is Psalm 43. Now, that's Psalm 23, but we're, I'm sorry, Isaiah. What am I talking about? Isaiah 43. Isaiah 43. Uh, let's go. But now, the, read with me. You know how to read. But now, thus says the Lord, who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. Next, next one. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. And when you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flames scorch you. Next verse. Why is that? Next verse. 
Next verse. Next verse. That's okay. I'll finish it for you. It says, From the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Now, 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 we need to get a hold of this. We, you need to get this Isaiah 43 down in you. You say, yeah, well, he's talking to Jacob. He's talking to, well, Jacob's name was changed Israel. But we're spiritual Israel. You need to understand that. And so we, we, we've got to get this down. See, it says, for I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Now, let's go back to verse 1. If you don't leave with anything except this today, I want you to get this. Let's go back to verse 1. Now, let's read it again. But now... Thus says the Lord. Now, wait a minute. Who's talking there? God's talking. He's talking to us. We are spiritual, Jacob. We're spiritual Israel. Now, now let's read it. But now, thus says the Lord, who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. Now, stop right there. God's redeemed us. That means he set us free. He knows your name, and he said that you belong to him. Now let's go to verse 2. When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you, and through the rivers, they'll not overflow you. The rivers of life, the waters of life, the floods of life, whatever it is. Notice that when you pass through them, through the rivers, they will not what? They're not going to drown you. Can you say amen? And let's read on. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. Now that's shouting ground right there. If you'll walk close to God, He can make you fireproof into the affairs of life. You understand that? Nor shall the flame scorch you. Remember the three Hebrew children? They came out of the fiery furnace. They didn't even smell like smoke. The King James says, I believe one of the versions says, the flame won't kindle upon you. It won't scorch you. You won't even smell of smoke. Glory to God. And then look at the next verse if we can get it. For I... Am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. You ought to take that one right there, Isaiah 43. You ought to write that down if you're struggling with fear, and you ought to read that, meditate on that every day. Can you say amen? amen. Now, let me finish this up. Oh, do you know something else? Listen to me. Did you know that Jesus is with us? Did you know Jesus can be right there with you and you can still react to fear? How many remembers Peter in the Bible? He was walking on the water, is that right? Who was standing right there with him on the water? Jesus. But guess what? The wind started blowing and he got his eyes off of Jesus and got his eyes over on the, on the wind and the storm. And guess what? With Jesus standing right there beside him, what happened? He began to sink. Just because the Lord's right there with you doesn't mean you can't sink. You got to keep your eyes on Jesus and not on the fearful situation. The point I'm trying to make here is that you can have Jesus standing right there with you, but just because he's standing right there with you doesn't mean, you know, the Lord will be with you. Yeah, yeah, but you can still sink with him standing right there. You got to keep your eyes off of this fearful situation and your eyes on him. Do you understand that? And then. The last thing is this. Now I have it in my notes. You've got to let and set. Let and set. Now, what does that mean? Let and set. Well, Peter. We just talked about him. He's walking on the water. That's pretty good, ain't it? Ain't it? Ain't it? Isn't it? That's pretty good. I've never walked on the water. 
He's doing real good, isn't he? Here comes the wind. There's Jesus. He's got his eyes on Jesus. Here comes the wind. What happened? He gets his eyes off Jesus on the wind. And what happens? He starts to sink because he didn't let and set. See, we're still free moral agents. It's up to us whether or not with Jesus standing right there. And actually, now he's in us in the person of the Holy Spirit. But even with him in us through the person of the Holy Spirit, we can still sink and go under if we don't let and set. We have to set our eyes on him. We have to let our eyes, let our eyes, set our eyes on him and keep and let our eyes and our minds be focused on him continuously. Because if you don't, even though he's right there with you, you're still going to go under. Look at this, look at this, John 14, 1. Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. See, it's up to you whether or not you're going to be troubled or not. Let not your heart be troubled. Colossians 3.15, Colossians 3.15 says, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts. See, even though you know the Lord's there with you, fearful situations there, Lord's right there with you, but if you don't let and set, if you don't, if you don't set your, your, your focus on Him, if you don't let your mind stay on Him, you're going to go under. And fear's going to eat your lunch. Isaiah 26.3, Isaiah 26.3 says, You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is what? Stayed on you. That word stayed means set. You're going to have to keep your mind set on the Lord. Set on him, stayed on him. And then if you do that, he'll keep you in what? Perfect peace. How many wants perfect peace? Well, the only way you're going to get perfect peace is if your mind is stayed on him. And I, I've watched so many Christians. I've done this myself. Born again, on the way to heaven, shouting, to, shouting glory, hallelujah, and all that. But a fearful situation comes up. The Lord's right there with you. You get your eyes off of Jesus and you start spending more time on the doctor's reports. We ought to listen to the doctor's reports. We ought to give them respect. But we ought to respect the word of God more than the doctor's reports. You see what I'm saying? And, 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 and I've done this myself. I got the Lord right in me and all of that. But then the fearful situation comes. The bad news comes. And you spend more time on the bad news and the bad report than you do in the word of God. And then we wonder why we're, we're, we're trembling and going under. No, bad news comes. All right, we don't like that. We don't want the bad news. But we, we you know, cooperate with the doctors and all of that. But there's something that outranks the doctor's report. What is it? So we, we meditate, spend more time on the Word of God than you do on the doctor's report. That's what I'm trying to tell you. You follow what I'm saying? And if you let not your heart be troubled... Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Set your mind on, 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 on the Lord. Then he'll keep you in perfect peace right in the midst of a terrible, terrible storm. The Bible says, Philippians 4, verse 6 says, Be anxious for nothing. See, it's up to you whether or not you're going to be anxious. Said, so don't be fearful for anything. And then verse 7 says, The peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and mind through Christ. And then the last part of verse 8 says, tells you what to think on. And it says, says if whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, pure, lovely, good. If they have any virtue, have any praiseworthiness, meditate on those things. And then verse 9 says, The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me do these 
and the God of peace will be with you. See, the Apostle Paul struggled with some fearful things, but he, he did all these things. He kept his mind set on the things of God, and then he was telling these people in Philippi, you do what I taught you to do. All right, did you get anything out of this? Now, let me just tell you this. Matthew 10, 28, and we'll close. Do not fear. Now, now you know, we, talk, we shouldn't be afraid of anything, should we? I said, we shouldn't be afraid of anything, should we? I said, we shouldn't be afraid of anything, should we? But there's one thing that Jesus tells us to be afraid of. One thing. And it's not a thing, it's a person. Matthew 10, 28. And actually, if we do this one right here, it would fix all the others. Do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. See, somebody could come in here and shoot me and kill me. They won't in Jesus' name, but they, you know, but they can't, they can't, they can't do anything with my soul, can they? My spirit. Yes or no? no? All they can do is kill my body. Jesus said, do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. But rather, fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. So who's, who's he telling us to fear? He's telling us to fear God Almighty. The only one that we should fear is God. We shouldn't fear the devil. We shouldn't fear sickness. We shouldn't fear disease. We shouldn't fear poverty. We shouldn't fear the stock market crash. We shouldn't fear this. We shouldn't fear that. We shouldn't fear the doctor's report that's bad. We shouldn't fear any of that. The only thing we should fear is God himself. And then this just came right up in my spirit. I need to say this. There was a president years ago. He said, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. And I say that's not right. We shouldn't be afraid of anything, including fear. Say amen. Amen. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. No, 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 no. We don't have to fear fear. Say amen. Amen. The only one we should fear is Almighty God. He's the only one we should fear. And I'm talking about, when I'm talking about fearing God, I'm talking from two avenues. Awesome, awe, and respect. See, God doesn't want us to be afraid of Him in that, like, you know, He wants us to awe, be awe, you know what I mean, awestruck with Him and reverence Him. But there is also a truth, and a great truth, that we need to be afraid of God. Did you get what I just said? Listen to me now. Don't shut me off just yet. I'm almost done. Listen. God wants us, and this right here, what I'm, what I'm tapping on right now is one of the reasons the United States is in the mess it's in. See, God wants us to be in awe of Him and awesome. He, he, he doesn't want us to be afraid to approach Him. He, he, he wants us to come boldly to the throne of grace. See, so there's that, there's that side of it. And, and awesome respect, yes. But here's, what, here's why the United States is in the mess it's in. Because we have lost the fear of God. I'm including in most churches. 
I'm talking in most pulpits. Don't fear God. There's a side of me that I am afraid of God. I just am. And it's healthy. The Bible says the only way you're going to perfect holiness is in the fear of God. And one reason you see this nation so much unholiness and you see so much looseness in so many churches is because there's no fear of God before their eyes. Dear friends, I reverence the Lord. He's my heavenly Father, and I can can go up into His lap, so to speak, in fellowship with Him. Yes, 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 my heavenly Father, but He is also Almighty God, Jehovah, and you don't just slop-hop up around Him any way you think you should. You have to approach Him very delicately because He is Almighty God. And there's a part of me that I'm afraid of him. And it's a healthy thing. It's a good thing. And so many people, they aren't afraid of God. And thus, they lose their respect. And the Bible says there's no fear of God before their eyes. And it seems like people in this nation, including a lot of Christians, fear everyone and everything except God. Dear friends, we shouldn't fear anyone or anything We should fear Almighty God. Can you say amen? Amen. But so many, they fear this. I'm talking Christians. Listen to me. They're afraid of this. They're afraid of that. Afraid of this. Afraid of that. Afraid of this. Afraid of that. Afraid of this. Afraid of that. But when it comes to God, they're not afraid of God. Seems like this nation and even so many Christians are afraid of everyone and anything except God. No, no, no. He's the only one we should have fear of. Can you say amen? amen? And if we would have that, it would fix all these other things. And then we could go free, be in peace, and never have to be afraid of anything, man or beast. Can you say amen? Amen. Did you get anything out of this today? I tried my best to help you. I tried so hard to help you. I tried so hard to help you. Dear friends, we're coming up. Stand with me if you would. We're we're right. I've been telling you this. We're, we're, we're there. I mean, we've been there for a while. We've been there. We We need to take heed of what I'm saying here today. I was going to go off and preach on something else, but the Spirit of God